from the studios of Postscript Media and Canary Media. In 2019, a coalition of progressive climate groups unveiled an ambitious vision for sweeping climate action, the Green New Deal. For so long, our movement towards a sustainable future has been divided with this false notion that we have to choose between our planet and our economy. The Green New Deal became a mobilizing force, and in the absence of federal climate action, organizers pushed cities across America to craft their own versions. One of those cities was Ithaca, New York. They brought the pressure to, to the local government, and, and they started pushing for a change. They started pushing the mayor and, and common council to pay more attention to climate change. Ithaca already had a sustainability program focused on smaller stuff, like making streetlights more efficient. But the Green New Deal was a vastly different scale. The city was committing to achieve full decarbonization citywide by 2030. That means eliminating all carbon emissions in a decade. The plan was passed unanimously right before the onset of the COVID pandemic. It had widespread support, but there was only one problem. They didn't have the money to pay for it. Luis Aguirre Torres was hired seven months ago to implement the plan. When I did the modeling and I did, okay, this is what, what the city needs to fulfill the promise of the Green New Deal, I went to the mayor and I told him, I think we need $2 billion. When he joined, Luis only had a budget for his own salary. Where were billions of dollars going to come from? And it was a funny conversation because his face was like, this guy's just joking. No? And I was like, no, dude, we need $2 billion. We have $80 million, you know, budget for the entire city. So there's just not enough money. That forced Luis to make creative decisions about where to find that money. And what he did could become a model for cities across the country. This is The Carbon Copy, a show about the changing planet one story at a time. I'm Stephen Lacey. Ithaca is making a bold promise to eliminate all emissions from buildings by 2030. This week, where the money is coming from and how it could make the Green New Deal a reality in cities across the country. Faced with a surge of distributed energy resources, electric cars, and grid constraints, utilities are ramping up dynamic pricing. But the results are mixed. If utilities don't implement rates correctly or transparently, it could be a major roadblock for the energy transition and a headache for customers. On June 13th, Latitude Media and GridX will host a frontier forum to examine the imperative of good rate design and the consequences of getting it wrong. Register at the link in the show notes or go to latitudemedia.com events. So how does a city phase out all of its emissions in a decade? You have to start somewhere, and Luis started with buildings. This is obviously a beast, you know, this is a, a very large program. You know, the one thing that I did when I started looking at this and, and I made the decision, okay, we're going to go for buildings, but we're going to do energy efficiency retrofitting at the same time we're, we're doing electrification. And that will take me half the way to where I need to go, like 50% at least, you know, of the emissions. So in very simple terms, you are going to strip carbon out of buildings hopefully all buildings, by 2030 in Ithaca. That's the goal, yeah. That's ADM. In early November, Ithaca's Common Council approved a plan to electrify and decarbonize all 6,000 buildings in the city. Globally, buildings account for about 40% of carbon emissions, so targeting homes and offices is a natural place to start. But it's not an easy place to start. But then, you know, everybody warned me, you know, tackling existing buildings is a nightmare for anybody. You know, it's going to be very, very difficult. And they weren't wrong. 
Buildings are complex systems, so even though heat pumps, solar, and energy efficiency retrofits have gotten much cheaper and easier to implement, they fit together differently at every location. And collectively, the cost to overhaul buildings adds up. To do a very deep retrofitting, you know, with changing windows for high-performance windows, ventilation systems, you know, space heating, water heating, you know, and everything else. So a rundown single-family home could cost you even $50,000, you know, to do a very deep retrofitting. The goal of the Green New Deal is to bring the economic benefit of clean energy to everyone, and fast. Luis looked for other communities that had tackled buildings. He found many that were doing it, but not at the level Ithaca needed. So it's one thing to have ambition. It's another to start implementing. How does the work begin for implementation? You know, I started looking at this. I joined really at the end of March. Uh, by May, I was already looking, you know, dead on into, you know, building decarbonization and trying to understand what, what needed to be done. And I started doing, you know, some research about who, who had done anything at scale. And then I saw that, you know, a lot of cities, a lot of places had done a big effort to do 100 buildings or to do, you know, pilots that were always not necessarily small, but not as large as what we needed. And then I saw you know, what we had in the city. And we had a number of organizations, a lot of them nonprofits that were relying on, on state incentives to, to do this to like, you know, five, seven buildings a year or some professional companies, engineering firms that were doing this 30 a year, if you want. And and part of the reason was, you know, they need to wait for the incentives to come in. They needed to, you know, have an energy assessment and people need to pay for those things. So it was just too expensive. Five buildings a year, even 30 buildings a year, that doesn't get anywhere close to Ithaca's goals. Luis realized he had to do something that hadn't been done before. Suddenly I have a program that I wanted to implement to retrofit and electrify 1,000 residential buildings, including single family and multifamily, and then 600 commercial buildings, including mixed use and, and full commercial. Then it was all about how do we pay for this? To make the program a reality, Luis had to raise hundreds of millions of dollars. Ithaca's budget is $80 million. Which brings us to that awkward conversation with the mayor. So when I communicated, yeah, your dream, this commitment that you made to, to the community is going to cost you $2 billion. Then the conversation turned to, okay, so we do need to change the role of government. You know, we, we need to be more of a catalyst for investment because there's no way that we can bond this at all or we can, you know, even rely on, on incentives. Even we were talking already about the infrastructure bill and, and all of these, but there's just not enough money. So we needed to tap into private uh, sector. When cities take on a big, expensive infrastructure project, like building a bridge or repairing a road, they often issue bonds. In other words, they take on debt. But the amount of money that Luis is talking about, that's way too much for a small city like Ithaca to cover by issuing bonds alone. When you have to do something this big, then it, it just doesn't work. Luckily, Luis has over a decade of experience helping governments in Latin America develop policy and arrange financing for renewable energy projects. And so he started calling up private equity firms and making his pitch. We told him, you know, we can create the right conditions to mitigate risks. So it's not such a risky proposition. So don't go and invest in the stock exchange, bring the money here to our community, but don't bring it to us, bring it to a company that can develop this because what we guarantee is really a market. He also brought together a consortium of developers, engineers, insurers, and government agencies to execute the projects. Using the money that Luis raised from private equity firms, Ithaca will create a set of low and no interest loans. These loans will be offered to building owners to help them overhaul their energy systems. And suddenly, the Green New Deal doesn't seem like an unachievable government expense. It's a financeable, attractive tool for private investors. 
Does $2 billion seem laughable or does it seem realistic? No, it is 100% realistic. When we started talking to investors to, to, to do this, I realized that it was true. The money was where we thought the money was and there is this willingness to participate in this. And the Biden administration basically brought this to the forefront of every board, of every fund. They see this as an opportunity. So now I see we can do this. And and honestly, if we are successful at the implementation of this very ambitious program, I believe it's not going to be difficult to attract the rest of the capital that we need. After the break, how the just-passed infrastructure bill could boost local efforts, like the one underway in Ithaca, to overhaul our energy system. Mark your calendars for June 13th at noon Eastern. That's when Latitude Media and GridX will host a live, interactive discussion on implementing modern utility rates. Dynamic rates are vital for motivating customers to electrify, adopt DERs, and embrace demand flexibility. Utility rates could make or break the energy transition. So how do we do it right? Join Latitude Media's Stephen Lacey, GridX CEO Scott Ingstrom, and economist Ahmad Faruqi for an in-depth discussion on the future of rates on June 13th. Register for free by clicking the link in the show notes or go to latitudemedia.com slash events. Last Monday, Congress approved a $1 trillion infrastructure bill. It includes programs that support building electrification, electric car charging, and battery storage that could help cities like Ithaca expand their climate ambitions. And there's another bigger bill being considered by the Senate right now that could go even further. Most climate policy in the country, though, has played out on the local level, in city councils and state governments. This has created a mosaic of different approaches. Oh, it's so important because so much of what really spins out on the ground has to come from local and state programs and goals. This is Katherine Hamilton, an expert on energy markets and regulation. She's co-founder of the public policy firm 38 North Solutions, and she was my co-host on our former podcast, The Energy Gang. She's also a former resident of Ithaca. I was a townie. I lived there as a middle schooler because my dad was doing a sabbatic at Cornell. So I really got to know the city as just a regular old citizen, and I loved it so much when we lived there. Ithaca is at the front edge of climate policy. It's trying something that no American city of any size has attempted. But with a combination of private dollars and some additional state and federal funding, Catherine says it could provide a proof of concept for other cities. I think what we need to look at here with Ithaca is can you translate what this kind of community is doing to other communities that are very different all over the country and all over the world? One thing that's unique about Ithaca is that they're going out to private equity funds and insurers, they're actually financing this through the private sector and they're hoping to create a model that other cities can follow. How significant is that? It is significant that they're going out to the private sector. I mean, Ithaca is a very small community. Their budget is not very big. And so they've already gotten $100 million of investment commitments and going out to the private sector and then looking at other creative financing for example, the New York Green Bank or through NYSERDA, because New York State, of course, has these bigger goals, too. So there are lots of resources in the state, and I believe there will be some federal resources that they will have access to as well. So what are some of those federal resources? We have an infrastructure bill that has been signed into law. What's in it that could benefit communities like Ithaca? Yeah, the infrastructure bill is going to allow capitalization of revolving loan funds for states, and that will provide commercial energy audits, upgrades, retrofits for buildings. This is perfect for 
a community like Ithaca to access. And then if you look at what's coming down the pike with the Build Back Better Act, there are tax credits for energy efficiency. There will be all kinds of rebates for residential electrification and energy efficiency, home energy performance-based, whole house retrofits, training grants for contractors. There's a lot in that bill that is certainly going to be climate-focused and green pegged to greenhouse gases that I think will be perfect for Ithaca. How much are the fortunes of these localities tied up into federal movement? So I think we have to think of capital in a couple different ways. So some of these federal initiatives are really about bringing together taxpayer dollars to invest in these communities. But there's plenty of other private capital out there. So as that private capital looks and they look at the COP to see what direction are we going in and what are the commitments that all these countries are making to try to move toward a carbon-free future, I think that private sector capital is is still going to be there and will only continue to grow. So yes, we need federal government investment. I think that's crucial. But I don't think that, that not having it would completely stop things like what Ithaca is trying to do. I think we'll learn a lot from Ithaca. This is the first city in the world trying to do this. And I think we're going to learn a lot from them. The idea of the Green New Deal is much different than the reality of the Green New Deal. Change will never come in one sweeping bill from Congress. It will happen city by city, state by state. Federal and state funds will play an important role, but as a supplement to private money. And the good news is that there's lots of private money ready to invest. But it's still up to cities like Ithaca to set ambitious goals and create the framework to put those dollars to work. We can become, you know, the catalyst for this change that the country needs, you know, from the bottom up. And eventually, you know, the, the state government will catch up with us. And eventually the federal government will catch up with us. And in the meantime, we'll share the learnings, the experience with other cities around the world. So this is the beginning of a revolution. This is the beginning of an actual change that is possible. And we are demonstrating that it's possible. And we're sharing this experience. It doesn't mean that tomorrow everybody's going to do this. It just means that tomorrow everybody's going to be aware that they can do this. It's, it's up to them what they do with that. That's the show this week. You heard from Catherine Hamilton, the head of 38 North Solutions, and Luis Aguirre Torres, the director of sustainability for the city of Ithaca, who bounced back and forth between feelings of inspiration and terror during our interview. I'm absolutely terrified of this project. The problem with knowing it so intimately is that you know everything that could go wrong, you know, at any minute. And, you know, if it doesn't scare you, it's because you're not paying attention. The Carbon Copy is a co-production of Postscript Media and Canary Media. Our producers are Alexandria Herr, Jamie Kaiser, Dalvin Abouage, and Daniel Waldorf. Sean Marquand mixed the episode and composed our theme. Original music came from Echo Finch and Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you to the entire Canary Media team for their partnership. And if you like this show, thank you for listening. Go ahead and share it on social media or give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. Before we go, make sure to listen to our new companion podcast, Catalyst with Shale Khan. You can find that at canarymedia.com or any podcast app. Join us here next time. I'm Stephen Lacey. 